Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today is currently making her Broadway debut as a swing in the Tony Award winning musical Moulin Rouge. My guest today is Kara Menendez. What was it like taking a musical theater classic to Tokyo? You know, it was it was an honor, honestly. I mean, to do... I, in my opinion, I think West Side Story is the epitome of dance, singing, and acting, just all of it combined in one show. I, I think it is the epitome of what musical theater really is. So to be able to bring that show to a different country and, you know, have the Japanese experience what we love to do so much um it was an honor and it was a really special production because it wasn't just like your typical um you know it wasn't your typical like stage with like you know three three walls like mm-hmm. it, this was like an Disney ride experience pretty much I mean the the audience was in the center like they they were like circular in the center and they would basically rotate around it was like 10 different stages basically oh wow so the the way I would just this is how I describe it it honestly was like a movie set but for theater oh wow um that's how detailed and like insane the the whole production value and the the set was for the show um so to be able to do that do do the production on that kind of scale because I've done it like prior as well mm-hmm. I did it like at a regional theater in Virginia back in um 2018 but to do to do the show on like this grandiose scale of like something that's never been done before in like a stage around yeah um it was pretty special it was what were the audiences like at the show they you know the Japanese are a very different breed than you know us in the United States, for sure. Um, They're very respectful and quiet. So, you know, you would never really hear like hooting and hollering and like loud cheering. I mean, they, they would applaud like for everything and they would give like massive applause, like every time we took a bow, Mm -hmm. Um, but they would never like scream and shout. Like they would never give us like that, like energy. They weren't as passionate as the Americans are with theater. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're, they're not gonna, like, they weren't gonna, like, scream and, like, give us, because they think it's disrespectful over there, so mm-hmm. the, the, we never really felt the energy, if that makes sense, like, yeah. the energy that we crave, that we get when we're here in the States, when people come to see us perform, um, so that was very interesting as well, but then when we would, like, walk out the stage door, there would be, like, a bunch of them just lined up, like, wanting to take pictures with us, get our autographs, like, I had this one super fan, um her name was Rummy and she literally came our our run was like maybe I think it was 10 10 weeks or 12 weeks I think she came once a week like she was obsessed and she would make gifts for the cast like she has like a whole like side gig where she makes like handbags and like jewelry and like little accessories she would like bring us gifts like it was just the sweetest thing but she was like a super fan like Mm -hmm. she literally came to the airport when my whole cast was leaving and like said bye to us it was just so cute and we still stay in touch to this day like literally that was what two years ago Um, over two years ago and we still stay in touch 
she sends me holiday cards you know just so sweet were you familiar with speaking japanese at all prior to traveling over there no not at all and to be honest i i really didn't learn that much while i was over there for three months just because it's such a hard language to pick up mm -hmm. um, we used a lot of google translate yeah we're <laughs> the really our bots. <laughs> yeah were the people uh, good at english no no so that was like another challenging barrier as well um because they're such a closed off society they don't really a lot of them don't speak english we actually had a translator oh. at the theater um because a lot of the workers were japanese like mm -hmm. backstage and like our hair and wigs and our dressers they were all japanese and they couldn't really speak to us so we had this one translator who we were actually became pretty close with um his name was misaki and he would help when we needed to like really communicate something with one of them um but yeah so that was kind of frustrating um you know even when we'd like go out to eat that would be a challenge um you know looking at the menu we're like scanning with google translate um it was yeah it was something i mean we got through it was fine but yeah at the time we didn't really know what we were ordering yeah you just kind of hope for the best and hope you didn't get sick <laughs> yeah basically what was the highlight of performing such an iconic show in japan Honestly, I, I think the highlight was just the production value itself. Like I kind of spoke about earlier, like because it was so innovative and new, the whole immersive experience of the production, I think that was truly a highlight and along with um, the cast. I mean, the, the people that I got to do this show with and have this experience with, some of them are, you know, my lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. Um I currently live with one of them here in New York City. I, you know, I, I'm super close with a lot of the cast still. We see each other all the time. Um, it's just one of those special bonds that, you know, you create because you all travel together to a new country. You don't know anyone. It's like all we have is each other. So we just, you form a different type of bond compared to, you know, what I've, the, you know, the other contracts that I've done here in the States mm -hmm. and, you know, shows here. It's it's just, it's, it's different. It's a different experience. Yeah. Um, and it's really special. And I'm, I'm so, so grateful that I got to have that as yeah. well. On top of doing the show. Oh, for sure. It's like the family you make. I, I hear so many, like, stories about families that form sort of, like, within shows. Yeah. And it's like, I want that. I love that kind of stuff special it really is oh for sure did you watch the moulin rouge film in preparation for the musical okay so i'm gonna be really candid about this one i'm a little embarrassed um <laughs> so i actually had never seen the movie prior to beginning rehearsals um, which is so embarrassing, but also Moulin Rouge came out when I was like five years old and, you know, my parents didn't watch it. I think it kind of missed their generation. Mm -hmm. It was like the generation below them that like yeah. really got it, got into it. So 
you know, my parents didn't watch it, so I never was exposed to it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was too young to, like, really know what it was when it came out or young to watch it, honestly. Right, yeah. Um, but, like, the funny thing is, I knew the music. Like, growing up, my dance teachers would play the soundtrack all the time, so I was familiar with the whole soundtrack, but I had never seen the movie. I, like, did a dance to Rhythm of the Night when I was, like, six years old, when I was in the competitive dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't seen the movie um I also found out that I booked the show and then like 10 days later I started so like you know life was kind of chaotic at that point I was just trying to do a million things and like get myself together for it yeah um but so I didn't watch it before but I did watch it um back in the fall it was actually after I made my debut. Mm-hmm. Me and my two friends, we sat down and we watched it. Because I was like, okay, like, I need to see this movie now. Like, I've, you know, I've made my debut on Broadway. I'm in the show. I'm like, I need to actually sit and watch the movie. So mm-hmm. I finally watched it. And obviously it didn't disappoint. Yeah. So have you always been a fan of, like, jukeboxy kind of musicals? Because I l- looked at the soundtrack of Moulin Rouge and I, like, was surprised that, like, that it was a jukebox and there was, like, a bunch of songs I knew in the show oh oh yeah I mean I am I a fan like am I personally a fan of jukebox musicals um some of them yes some of them no it depends um like for instance like Mamma Mia I love that jukebox musical I've done the show yeah I just love ABBA's music I love what they did with the story and incorporated ABBA's music into like an originally written show Mm -hmm. um do I necessarily love the jukebox musicals about like famous people? They're not my favorite. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, some of them are very well done. I just, I just, I like shows that are more innovative and get creative with the music that's already been written. Right. Um, like I'm very excited to see the Britney Spears musical. The, it's called um, Once, Once Upon, Upon a One More Time. Yeah, I'm very, I'm excited for that to come to Broadway. I really am looking forward to it. Is it coming to Broadway for sure? I'm pretty sure they just did their run in D.C. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure they're trying to bring it here. I want to say over the summer, maybe. Um, So we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing with Moulin Rouge is that the, the movie is essentially kind of a jukebox movie. Like, the whole vibe of the movie is jukebox. Mm -hmm. So, like... There's really no other way to do it. I mean, obviously, there's some original songs, like, you know, Nature Boy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a couple, like, Come What May. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady but, Marmalade. Know, elephant, yeah, Lady, but, like, the whole, like, Elephant Love Medley, like, that. that is that is a jukebox scene in itself. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, the movie has this, so obviously this is going to get transferred into the show. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think some of the, the music orchestration in the show is absolutely brilliant. Um, just the way things were mixed together. And, like, I, I want you to come see it because you'll, you'll be like, oh, my gosh. Like, just the way the way some of it was done. I've listened to the, some of this soundtrack, and it, it sounds like the way the songs, like the pop songs specifically, sort of maneuver into each other, and those transitions are yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, it's insane. It was so well done. Um, And, you know, it's fun when, like, you know, we're performing 
and you hear the audience's reactions to like the songs that are appearing, you know, like shut up and dance with me or like chandelier. It's like, Oh, or like firework. It's like, Oh, like, you know, you hear the reaction from them being like, Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Relate to it. And it's cute. Um, so that's nice. And I do, I do love, um, like personally, I, my voice is very, um, I, I, I love to sing pop, pop Mm -hmm. rock, pop music. So like, I do think that this show fits my voice perfectly. Yeah. Compared to like legit music. Yeah. Like it's, that's the best kind of feeling is when the show can fit you perfectly. Yeah. And I love, I love singing it. It's, you know, even, even the offstage singing, like when I'm singing chandelier, like I'm not on stage for that section, but I love singing it backstage every time I'm on. Cause it's just so, so fun to sing. What was, what has it been like, or what was it like seeing, uh, superstars like Aaron Tveit and Danny Burstein in action? Um, it was really inspiring. It, it was, um, you know, it's also, it's crazy. Like I, you know, I've looked up to these two incredible artists for years and just being able to be in the room with, especially Danny, like Broadway royalty at its finest, um, it's just such an honor. And he, both of them, honestly, they both are just such kind human beings, hearts of gold. Um, you know, they're very down to earth, very grounded. And just like seeing them in action was just so fun to watch and like watching them, you know, revamp the show again for a second time. Like that was really fun to get to watch them all dive into it for a second time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, very lucky that I got I got to experience it. Oh, totally. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, I totally forgot. As you were talking, my parents went to the opening night of the U.S. Open this past summer of twenty one. Oh, so they saw the Lady M's sing. Yeah, and they saw Aaron and I don't know if it was Ashley or Natalie. I don't remember. I think it was Natalie. Yeah. Um, but. They said it was good. It was just very hard to hear because the acoustics in the Arthur Ashe Stadium weren't the best. Mm, that's too bad. They said it sounded very echoey. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. But they said it, it. They said it was good. It just stupid, you know, acoustics and technology can you know not cooperate sometimes. So, oh, that's so cool! I got to see it though. Yeah, they liked it. How is it with Eric in it filling in for Danny? Is he still? good or is it oh yeah eric so eric actually i don't know if you know this but eric actually originated ziedler when they did the moulin rouge lab back in 2017 so he was actually a part of it before danny was even involved oh wow so eric did the lab but then eric didn't do boston like the, the regional run in boston or obviously he didn't do broadway um but they you know, Eric is back now and I, I, I love Eric. I think he's great. He definitely brings a different vibe to Ziedler. Um, it's definitely darker and more like quirky and weird, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think it's more accurate to the movie in that sense. Yeah. Um, and also he wears this wig, um, that, and he wears this wig in the show and it, he literally looks like the Ziedler in the movie. Like when he, when he came out for the first time, like with that wig, we were all screaming because it was just like scary how accurate yeah. he looked compared to, it was, we were just like, oh my God. So it's like, that's like a fun ode to the movie as well, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, versus Danny, you know, Danny's Danny, you know, right. like I had, 
that's just like how Danny is Danny. Right. Um, yeah. Two very different, two very different approaches, but both amazing. Mm-hmm. What's the hardest part about being in Moulin Rouge? Um, well, I think being a swing in general is very hard. Um, let alone swinging for Moulin Rouge. Right. Um, I, I have to learn, I cover six different tracks basically. So there's, there's the, there's the flats and the heels. We call it that, like how we identify as, you know, male, female, whatever. So I cover the heels and there's six different heels tracks. Um, I've done four of them. I'm, you know, slowly getting, I'm slowly starting to learn my fifth. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, but also really rewarding at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the hardest part is definitely, um, as a swing, you don't have the luxury of like building good stamina for the show. Yeah. Even though we rehearse, you know, we rehearse every week, you know, that's, it's not doing it every single day. It's not doing it eight times a week. Right. It's not like muscle memory. Yeah. So for instance, um, last night was the first night that I hadn't been on in like 10 days. So my body was like, Oh my God. Like my, my body just is, you know, it's tired and it's hurting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done like three different tracks in the last week, you know, it's been very chaotic, but the, the thing is, it's like, oh, my body hurts and I'm tired. I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh, because I don't do this every single day usually. Yeah. You know, like the the most I had ever done in a row was four shows in a row. And like doing that was like, oh my God, like I was tired. Yeah. And then, and then I just did six in a row and I was like, oh, ow. And then I did, you know, I did six in a row, then we had a day off and then I did three more shows and I was like, wow, like this is. I'm tired. <laughs> tired you know and even like one day off is not enough when you're when you're doing the show every day one day off is truly not enough mm-hmm. um because the show is just so physically demanding um especially for the heels you know we're kicking our legs to our face we're getting thrown around yeah um it's just it's a lot um yeah. so I would say that's probably that's probably the hardest part is not truly building like the, the right stamina as a swing. Yeah. What does it feel like knowing that you made your Broadway debut in a show that won best musical? Um, it feels really surreal. Um, I feel really lucky and grateful. Um, yeah, it, it was so crazy. Like when we, when we had our Tony's viewing party, um, you know, we obviously just like kept winning all these awards. And I just was like, I felt like I was in a dream. I was like, wait, is this really happening? I was like, am I really a part of this? Like, it just felt so surreal. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because I just joined the cast back in August, like post pandemic, when Broadway was coming back. And, you know, Moulin Rouge has been in the making since 2017 when they started the lab. So there's people in our cast who have been a part of this for what? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half, five five years. years. So, you know, that's like a big chunk of your life to be a part of something. Yeah. Obviously have that. Um, So I don't feel as like strongly tied to like all of, you know, 
the blood, sweat, and tears that went into creating this production, obviously, because mm-hmm. I was not a part of that. Um, but I still can appreciate it, and I, I, I can, I can feel the passion from all of these OG cast members, right. and you know, obviously Sonia, the choreographer. Like, I feel the blood, sweat, and tears, and the passion through you know everyone's you know movement and storytelling on stage um so that's really beautiful to witness yeah um but yeah no it's it's it feels it feels pretty cool and I just feel really grateful and lucky to be a part of it all yeah even though you know it's a small part and I just you know I feel like I'm just like along for the ride yeah what do you love most about like doing like being in New York City all the time and 24 7 and living there what do i love the most hmm that's a very i think i think what i love the most about the city is that you can literally just be anywhere like you know the city is huge obviously Mm -hmm. but i i do appreciate the moments where i will run into someone on the subway or run into someone when i'm out like and i just think that there's a lot of um living in new york there's just a lot of like spontaneous opportunity that always arises because you're just constantly out and about and go 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 and you're like seeing this person seeing that person you run into this person run into that person um I do love the spontaneity of being here and just being able to be like, I want to walk and like go out here. And like, you know, you don't have to like get into a car and drive. Like I do, sometimes I miss my car and other times I'm like, wow, I'm really like grateful that I don't have to like worry about a car here. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would say those are like, and then obviously being surrounded by, you know, people who, share the same passion and mm-hmm. love yeah. as me that's really special as well yeah what musicals are you hoping to see in the near future musicals am i hoping to see hmm. well i just saw phantom last week that was ah. great um i really want to see six um and what else do I want to see? I really want to see Six. I really want to see the revival of Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Because, you know. There's, there's nothing like, wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Hugh actually came to our show back in, I want to say, October. No pressure. No pressure. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, How do you like to spend your days off? <laughs> That, that's another interesting question. Um, so the past, like, two days off that we've had, I have just been lounging and binging Netflix and just chilling and ordering pizza and not really doing much of anything. Only because, like, when I'm on a lot, my body just feels physically exhausted and I yeah. just don't have the ability to do anything on my day off. Um but, you know, other days off, I, I do like to seize the day and take advantage of those days as well. And, you know, see friends, go shopping, you know, mm-hmm. go out. Um, it depends, honestly. Sometimes I'll, my parents are in Jersey, so, like, sometimes I'll go home mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll visit them if I just, like, want to get out of the city for, like, a day or two, which is nice. Yeah. Um, they live by the beach, so it's nice to get away. Yeah and be in nature yeah um, yeah so that's really that's really what I do 
how, try to have a life. Yeah. How long before half hour do you normally get to the theater? Um, when I'm on, when I'm on, I usually like to get there like an hour and a half before the show starts. So like an hour, I guess, before half mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. Do songs from Moulin Rouge ever get stuck in your head? Uh, 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't escape. It's, it's also just funny because I'll go out somewhere or I'll, like, be in a store or, like, at a bar or whatever. And, like, I just will always hear a song from the show. And I'm like, I literally You're like, no. escape it. I'm like, no. But even, like, when I wake up in the morning or, like, before I'm trying to go to bed, like, the songs will just be stuck in my head because it's all I hear every day right especially with the pop stuff oh yeah oh yeah who are some performers that you would like to see Christian and Satine at some point in time oh that's a good one I okay so I actually would love to see Nicole um what's her last name uh Sh- the the lead from the Pussycat Dolls Nicole, Nicole Scherzinger Sh- yes I would love to see her as Satine that's a good one and I'm trying to think for Christian. Who would I like to see as Christian? Jordan Fisher. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, like maybe Jordan Fisher. Maybe if he's when he's a little bit older, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, who do I love? Um, maybe like a Zac Efron. Ooh. Um, I could kind of see that. Um... Or even, like, Corbin Blue. Amazing. Yeah. So, Amazing. Put that out into the universe. Yeah, we're, we're going to manifest that. Yes. <laughs> As a swing, how oft, like how often on average would you say you go on? What's the longest you've gone without going on? Um, the longest I've gone without going on was, honestly, when we first opened. Um... We opened September 24th, I want to say, and I made my debut, like, October 21st, which oh. was, like, a month later. Yeah. So, and I was I was the last out of, like, all the new people that joined in August. I was the last, um, I was the last swing to make their debut, so I was just, like, itching to go on at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think that was the longest, honestly. And the the most the most I've been on was honestly this past week when I did uh nine consecutive nine consecutive shows oh, wow. in a row. So yeah, it's been cray. But and honestly over the holidays I was on a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um with Omicron erupting and like seventy five percent of our cast getting COVID. Mm-hmm. Um I was on a lot. But it wasn't like consecutively because we canceled a lot of shows yeah in that time so like the days that we had shows i was on but mm-hmm. then like there'd be like a day or two that we didn't have a show you know yeah. so it was like scattered mm-hmm. um and then i ended up getting covid on new year's eve that so. sucks yeah but i knew i was bound to get it so yeah you were know. you're in new york everyone and everyone and their mother had <laughs> covid in new yeah. york oh yeah it was crazy <laughs> what is your favorite new york city way of transportation my favorite New York City way of transportation. I mean, 
I use the subway the most, but do I like the subway? Is that my favorite? Definitely not. Um, I, I guess I would have to say, I mean, I don't even bike either. I, I, I mean, I love biking, but I don't like biking in New York. It scares me. Yeah, I don't um, blame you. I'm not a city bike girl. Um, I would probably honestly just have to say <laughs> Ubering or yeah. walking. Yeah. <laughs> I do love to walk. I'm a, I'm a very big walker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you ever get hungry after a sh- after a show? Oh, yeah. So I have a whole I have a whole system. So when I when I go on, I have to eat three hours before the show, and it can't be anything crazy or like heavy. It's it's usually like a frozen meal or something mm-hmm. like very like not very dense. Um, and then like sometimes I'll like snack during the show, but then like after the show, I'm like ravenous. Like I'm eating like you know a sandwich and fries or like mcdonald's or like i'm just always starving after the show i don't blame you i would love i always say this i would love to wear an apple watch during the show one time to like track how many calories i actually burn while i'm doing the show that's actually a good idea it's at least a thousand at least Oh, oh yeah what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you a fun fact um, I'm a certified personal trainer, actually. Ah. Um, I haven't really had time to dive into that, but obviously with, you know, my busy Broadway schedule, um, but I, if fitness is something that I'm passionate about and I, I do later in life, I would like to do more with that. Oh, I love it. Once again, I've been speaking with Kara Menendez from Moulin Rouge on Broadway. I will see you all in my next episode where I'm chatting with actress Antonia Vivino.